It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I don't know who that intro announcer is, but he is fantastic. I want him, when I get home today, and my wife is uh, at home, I want him to introduce me coming in back into the house. <laughs> Hello, Jamie. Here's Johnny. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. It is Friday, football Friday, November 18th. Six-pack is back, the unsponsored six-pack. I made it easy on myself this week. It's all about the Southeastern Conference this week, at least the collegiate half of the six-pack. Pros, I don't know. I just throw, I put all the names on a dartboard and throw a dart at them. Doesn't matter in the pros. Nobody knows. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, you can get your free breakfast at Thornton's right now by downloading the app, registering for Refreshing Rewards. Be a new Refreshing Rewards member. And get your free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit or steak and egg burrito or bacon, egg, and cheese croissant along with a 20-ounce bottle of soda, any fountain drink, fizz freeze, or a tea. That is just by downloading the app and registering for refreshing rewards today. Earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I think the stream is working again today. Is that right, Scooter? That's Yeah, it was at least this morning. Let me check. Okay, well, you know, it's an hourly thing. (laughs) If it is, um, welcome back. And if you missed yesterday's show, you can always listen to it on podcast. Go to your Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to SoundCloud as well. Search for Spears on Sports and listen to what you missed yesterday. Ed was in here. It was entertaining. Here's what we're going to do different today. We're going to talk about sports. We're not going to talk about Niagara Falls being (laughs) turned off or whatever else Ed wanted to talk about. Ed and Scooter wanted to talk about yesterday. We're going to actually talk some football and basketball and a little bit of baseball as well along the way, and I'll give you the six-pack in the third segment of the show. Remember the Titans. I said this yesterday. Nobody nobody understands how good the Tennessee Titans are. You just don't. They beat Green Bay and Green Bay last night, 27-17. to Tennessee 7-3 and now. Green Bay drops to 4-7. and um, They're going to have to go – at least four and two in their final six to maybe even sniff the playoffs. But here's what happens. Everybody talks about Green Bay. They want to talk about Green Bay. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, how bad is his thumb? His passing was atrocious last night. Uh, he was 24 of 39, but some of them, some of those misses were really, really bad. They were so bad they couldn't be intercepted. He threw thrown them away from everybody. And the Packers couldn't run the ball. What's wrong with the Packers? Should Jordan Love play quarterback? When when does the Jordan Love experiment begin? Nobody wants to talk about Tennessee because they're boring. They hand it to Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. Is he a top 10 quarterback? Top 15? Probably, but nobody thinks so because he doesn't do anything crazy. He doesn't draw attention to himself off the field either. He was 22 of 27 last night. 
333 yards, two touchdowns, one really inexplicable interception toward the, in, in the fourth quarter. Derrick Henry, 28 carries, 87 yards, a touchdown, two catches for 45 yards. He actually threw two passes, both complete, total of four yards, and a touchdown to Austin Hooper. All right, I'm trying to look for the excitement here. They play good defense. Simmons is really, really good on defense. They've got a bunch of other guys you've never heard of. You can't run the ball against them. Remember what Green Bay did to Dallas last week? Ran it right down their throats. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, that's a good running game. They couldn't run the ball against Tennessee. They couldn't do it. Not very many teams can do it. And here are the Titans, 7-3 and three in the AFC South. They're going to win the division running away. You're going to have to play them in somewhere along the line in the playoffs, and nobody wants to face the Titans. Yet nobody wants to talk about them either. Nobody wants to talk about them being an elite team in the AFC. Everybody wants to talk about the Buffalo Bills, who've lost two in a row and have a quarterback who leads the league in interceptions. They want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And I get it. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's exciting. They're fun to watch. He's got a lot of weapons, even though Tyreek Hill is gone. They want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. They want to talk about the New England Patriots, believe it or not. I guess because of Belichick. It's Brady Hangover. Hey, they're over 500. People want to talk about the Dolphins. You got Tua and Tyreek and Waddle and Gesicki. Great offense. Tua MVP candidate, question mark. Nobody wants to talk about the Tennessee Titans. You want to talk about the Bengals? Bengals playing better. They got the Steelers this weekend. They're going to be wearing the white jerseys with the white helmets and the black Bengal stripes on the helmets. going to be glorious. Glorious scooter in Pittsburgh. Till they lose. That was originally the Sunday night game. Got flexed out. Got flexed out to 425 so they could put Chiefs Chargers in there. People want to talk about the Chargers more than they want to talk about the, the uh, I forgot who it was I was talking about. Tennessee Titans. That's how bad it is. I forgot I was talking about the Titans, and they're my team. Maybe you can hear a little passion here. That's my team. Chargers are 5-4. and four. We'd rather talk about Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and all the injuries they've had, and can, can they make it to the playoffs? You don't want to run into the Tennessee Titans. You just don't. They're really, really good, and they're really, really boring. What happened? They gave it to Derrick Henry again. What are they going to do on second and four? They're going to give it to Derrick Henry again. It's not aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Tannehill, he's going to throw one to the tight end again. He took some shots last night, 333 passing yards. Now, a lot of it is run after the catch. Derrick Henry had a 40-yard scamper after a a short pass. Robert Woods running after the catch last night. A couple guys you never heard of catching long passes. They just continue to win. Next three for Tennessee, Cincinnati at Philadelphia and Jacksonville. Two home games plus a game in Philly. 
A Bengals game next week should be a, a blast. Green Bay, you got Philadelphia on the road next week. Then you've got Chicago on the road. That's not easy anymore. And after a bye, the uh, Rams come to Green Bay. Green Bay's not going to make playoffs. You want to argue with me on that one, Scooter? No. They're not going to make it. They may no. be – this is hard to say. They may be the worst team in their own division. Vikings are going to win the division, maybe clinch this week if they can beat Dallas. Then the Bears and the Lions are playing a lot better now than they were earlier in the year. And who's playing worse? Who's lost seven of eight? Or six of seven, I should say? The Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, I, I guess that trip to P- Peru and the ayahuasca that he he uh, you know took, ingested, went to a better place there for a while, I guess it didn't carry over into the season. And at some point, if you're Green Bay, you're going to have to make a decision on when you bring in Jordan Love. And look, if you say, hey, look, Aaron's hurt, his thumb's bothering him, whatever excuse you want to make, and I think they'll wait till they're mathematically eliminated, but that could be soon. You got to see what you got in Jordan Love. He's due for his fifth year extension in the offseason. He hasn't played. You don't know what you got. You know from practice. That's all you know it from. And Aaron Rodgers, he's going to make $59 million next year. He's not going anywhere. I don't know if you can trade him with that uh, to somebody desperate enough that will say, yeah, we'll take on Aaron for one year, $59 million. Let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline, bring in Buzz Frank. How are you today, Buzz? Buzz hung up on us. Oh, man. I know he's sad, and I'm sad too. His Crimsons, my Tigers, both lost in the playoffs last week in high school football. Buzz, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing fine, John. Uh, listen, I agree, I agree with you. I know those passing offenses are sexy, but give me a good running game all day long. Yeah. And Derrick Henry is, is he the best running back in the league? I mean, yes. you know, Christian McCaffrey <laughs> gets a lot of love. He's in San Francisco now. He, he's a three-down back. He catches it and runs it. Um, I don't know who else to put on the list here. Eckler's good. Saquon Barkley is having a bounce back year for the Giants. He's been fantastic. But Derrick Henry, you're, you're going to get four or five hand. yards every time you hand him the ball. It's that simple. Oh, yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Nick Chubb with the Browns belongs on some kind of a list. Nick Chubb, yeah. Kind of that's a good one. In a, in a class by himself. He, he's he got strength and breakaway speed. That's a that's – you know, Derrick Derrick Henry's got the strength. Uh, he's not going to run away from everybody. I, I think he had a ninety-yard run last year, but he's normally not going to run away from you. But even if you're you're hanging on to him from behind, you're not bringing him down, and you're not slowing him down either. <laughs> he, just keeps he, going. He, he just he wears you like a backpack and just keeps on running. It's unbelievable. Uh, well, and he's got linebacker, linebacker size too. So I, yeah, you know, it's he's two sixty. He's two sixty. Trying to bring that down. How'd you like to be uh, Jair Alexander last night? He's coming at you. No, no, thank you. He did not have a run last <laughs> night. Over, over nine, He had a nine-yard run was his longest run from scrimmage last night. Now, he had a 40-yard reception, but his longest running play was nine yards last night. So he, he just bludgeons 
the defense to death. Well, and, and he wears them down. They they want they want to be off the field. Yes, and come the fourth quarter, they're they're waiting for that final whistle so they can go home. They don't want to be. <laughs> and and they control the clock. The other offense doesn't get to get on the field, and Tannehill right. just you know they pick and choose when to throw, and it's a whole lot of one on one because you we see it at every level when there's a running back battering everybody. Defenses have to bring more people into the box. That leaves the wide receivers wide open, one-on-one. And then when you throw the little trick play in and you give it to the running back and he throws a quick little pass or something like that, I go back to the days I saw Jim Brown throw. I I think he threw four or five touchdown passes in his career. And and every time he threw the ball, there was a receiver 10 yards behind everybody else because they were trying to tackle Jim Brown. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry yesterday, I think, became the first player since Walter Payton to uh, score a rushing touchdown, throw two completions, including a touchdown in a uh, football game as a running back. Payton did it uh, against the Aints. They were the Aints back then, the New Orleans Aints. And uh, I'd say anytime and, you're mentioned in the same yeah. in the same sentence with Walter Payton, that's not you're bad. In pretty good company. Buzz, what are you doing tonight? By the way. I don't know what, what to I don't do. know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. This, I, I'm not. I'm not sure either. This this was not the way today's call was supposed no. to go. <laughs> I'm going to spend time with my wife tonight. I mean, I, wait a minute. Uh, let me rephrase that. I'm uh, happy to get to spend time with my wife tonight. I don't want. Yeah, to, you get to stay home on a yes, Friday night. I don't want that to come out the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I, and I I feel the same way. I I just uh, <laughs> yeah I I did get to see something that I've never seen before in the way that the game finished last year. And by the way, congratulations for to Trey Ryan, a tackle by trade. Oh, incredible. <laughs> I was, uh, fi- I, I got home early enough. We had an earlier start and I turned on old Gold radio and I listened, I turned it on just before, um, the kickoff return. So wow. both of these, t- I heard, yeah. I heard the kickoff return uh, the only question I had uh, after the Trey Ryan touchdown pass was why no extra point. Was it was the kicker hurt? No, I, I think it was the point that Bullet East offense, like we talked about last Friday, was so good that they were probably going to score on every possession. Wow. So sooner or later, you had to do it. And and Manuel had gone for two on their touchdown that put them ahead. So I think yeah. they were go they for were the determined win, to go for the win. Yep. All right, man. Well, thanks for the call. I'm, I've licked my wounds all week. I'm 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 almost over it. I'm not quite, but I'm almost over it. And I I, I hope the same for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm getting. You know, unfortunately, when you root for teams like I do, at some point in time, it's where you get to say, "Well, I wonder what's going to happen this time." And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I appreciated the season that we got the call and and. Uh, it was just, you know, you know how it is. You get invested in the kids as well as, as the team and your job, and and it's it's a fun yeah. thing to do. And and I I'll say this as I get ready to hang up. I I got to admit when I heard the score because we got the score from your game yes. before ours was over, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if things fall out, we could have a mail manual game the Thanksgiving week. And I was thinking back to the days oh, when man. I played on Thanksgiving. And, and then, you know, in the bubble burst, and yeah. here, I, and here we are talking about Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's, let's, let's talk some more NFL. I'm tired of talking high school football. Thank you, bud. I'm with you. Have a good I'm night, buddy. I'll, I'll catch you later, John. All right.
In fact, uh, our first basketball game, St. X uh, Radio here on the Big X, is going to be at Manual December 8th. So I'll catch up with Buzz again then. Texter says, I'm a huge Dolphins fan. Tannehill could have had the same success there had Miami's front, front office put the right people around him. Great team guy. Yeah, you just don't talk about Ryan Tannehill as an elite quarterback. Just don't. And I get it. Look, to put the right guys around him, not a lot of teams have a Derrick Henry. They're not just hanging out on trees. You go pick one off a tree and say, hey, uh, we got us a Derrick Henry. Now you can play quarterback for us. But that's a that's a team last night, a Tennessee team that was missing their center, a couple of defensive backs, their their place kicker, and they didn't they didn't miss they didn't skip a beat. They kept giving it to Derrick Henry, let Tanny Hill throw short, throw deep once in a while, play good run defense, and you win the game handily. And you're seven and three, and you're gonna win your division, and nobody's gonna want to play you in the playoffs. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, Kentucky basketball with an easy win last night. The Hoosiers, two games on the court this weekend. We'll also go college football as well. Unsponsored six-pack coming up in the final segment today. All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. Get through on the Eminem Cartage hotline just like Buzz Frank did at 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. That's how you text the show, 414-1450. Indiana basketball tonight, 6 o'clock. The Hoosiers on the road in Cincinnati to take on Xavier and the Musketeers. 5 o'clock pregame, Don Fisher and uh, company will bring it to you right here on the Big X. Then tomorrow at noon, Indiana football. They head to Michigan State to take on Sparty. Noon kickoff, 11 a.m., it's a busy Don Fisher this weekend, Scooter, it's because a great weekend to be Don Sunday, Fisher. Miami of Ohio and Indiana basketball back in Bloomington, five thirty game, four thirty pregame. Uh Don Fisher gonna need some throat lozenges this week. <laughs> and someone to do his game notes for him. Yeah, which, I, I that's does, a thing. Does he do all three? Does he do Xavier yeah. at six tonight and then head to Michigan State to East Lansing for a noon kick tomorrow? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt in my no mind. No doubt? No doubt. All right. So uh, if you're a big Hoosier fan, which Scooter is, get a lot of Don Fisher this weekend. Three Indiana games, two basketball Friday and Sunday with the Oreo game. The filling on the Oreo is the Indiana-Michigan State football like, game on Saturday. More, if you look at it that way, it's more like rocks in the middle of two cookies. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say it that way, but you're a fan. You can say it that way. <laughs> Kentucky 106, South Carolina State 63. Told you Scooter hammered the 39-and-a-half yesterday. That was an easy one. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't start out that way. Kentucky was another slow start. But, uh, you know, they won it easily. It's one of those uh, cupcake games in between Michigan State and Gonzaga where they just show up. You know they're going to win. South Carolina State is now 0-4. C.J. Frederick, 17 points to lead the Cats. Nobody played more than 25 minutes. Everybody got in last night. 
Livingston had 13. A lot of those came in mop-up time at the end. Lance Ware and Cason Wallace, 12 apiece. Antonio Reeves had 11. He and Frederick both hit three out of seven from three-point land. Oscar Shibway, never mentioned him this late, but he had six points, seven rebounds in only 13 minutes. Um, I'm not sure Cal wanted to even play him two days with the knee in, with the knee issue two days after the Michigan State game, and then you got Gonzaga coming up, but he, he probably talked him into it. That's going to hurt his stats at the end of the year, yeah. six and seven. I hate to say it. Brings um, down the average. Doesn't matter in the long run. What matters is do you win games in March, but uh, the fact remains he had six points and seven rebounds last night. Jacob Toppin, eight points, nine rebounds. Kentucky shot 57.4% and held uh, South Carolina State to 35.3. Cats were 10 of 24 from three-point land, 18 of 23 from the free throw line. All those are good numbers, but admittedly against a bad team. Now you got the Zags in Spokane, not at the kennel. All right. We got to say it every time, it feels like. It's going to be at Spokane Arena. Uh, the Zags, of course, got uh, humbled uh, two nights ago in Texas. Sunday, 7.30 game on ESPN. Uh, no spread yet. I, I imagine the Zags will be about a three- or four-point favorite. There. I was going to say two-and-a-half, yeah. Um, here's a stat for you. Uh, I got uh, All you got to do is mention Don Fisher on this radio station. And people text me. <laughs> One texture, Fisher, all time great. Another texter, IU fan or not, Don Fisher is solid. Absolutely. I got to interview him uh, when they had the the meet and greet up at Huber's a couple years ago on my show. Got to in, meet and interview Don Fisher. It was a thrill. I'm telling you, I grew up listening to two people, Kay Wood Ledford and uh, Don Fisher, and it, it's blasphemy in Kentucky. To say anybody's as good as Kaywood Ledford was, I get that. But if if anybody's as good as Kaywood Ledford was, it's it's Don Fisher, and uh, you know I could listen to him read the read the dictionary. Yeah. Uh, here's something from Kyle Tucker of the Athletic. It's only four total games. Kentucky will have to prove it, uh, prove that it can make make them against high level competition. But Calipari's team averaged seventeen and a half three point attempts per game last year. They are averaging 23 three-point attempts this year, and they're hitting them at a 42.4% clip. Now, they were 7 of 25 against Michigan State. That's 28%. So they're shooting them. They've shot them very well against the three cupcakes. I don't know what other word to use for them. The three easy games on the schedule. And didn't shoot them particularly well against a good defensive Michigan State team. But if this team can shoot 40% from three, and if Calipari allows them to continue to shoot 23 a game, it's a dangerous team. It's a dangerous team. While we're throwing stats around, you met, you brought up the 6-7 and seven for Oscar last night. Yeah. Pretty crazy when you count that into the Michigan State game as well. He's still averaging 14 points and almost 13 <laughs> rebounds. Crazy. Uh, and it'll go up against Zaga because he's going to play 35 minutes yeah. against Zaga. Uh, Drew Timmy against Oscar. Now, I don't know if that'll be the matchup when they're playing man-to-man, but if it is, I'm 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 here for it. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. Two, uh, the, the player of the year from last year, 
who's a candidate again this year and a player of the year candidate in Drew Timmy as well. That that's that's fun. And look, I'm a football on Sunday guy, but I'm watching that game Sunday night. Well, you have the two TV set up with the Chargers and Chiefs on as well. Yeah, I'll I'll have it where I can see it if I need to, mm-hmm. and you know, got the fantasy on my phone and all that stuff. So I'll have it all at hand, but I'll I'll be focused on. Kentucky and Gonzaga. That's a fun game. Yeah. You know, that's a that's an ESPN doubleheader too, because at nine thirty, Houston, ranked third in the nation, is playing Oregon in Eugene uh, on ESPN. So I love these early non conference games when they're big game. Champions Classic is great. The CBS Sports Classic that Kentucky and Carolina are part of. These Gavit games are pretty good. This Indiana game tonight is part of the Gavit games where it's the Big Ten against the Big East. Uh, and they're great. Um, speaking of that, Gavit tip-off game, one of the interesting notes tonight in that Indiana-Xavier game, Xavier's coach, mm-hmm. Sean Miller. So former Xavier coach back at Xavier after getting in trouble. I'm doing the air quotes here. In trouble at Arizona. Uh, they let him go. He lands back at Xavier. And, oh, by the way, his little brother got fired at Indiana. And his little brother also has a player that transferred from Indiana that plays for Xavier. And that player is? Uh, Jerome Hunter. Ah, good stuff. from. See, that's why I bring Scooter in here. He's always got something to add. Zach Fremantle is a guy for Xavier to watch. He had a triple-double in their win over Fairfield um, their last game. 15 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Point guard Kobe Jones is a game-time decision. And if he doesn't play, that... That is a big loss for Xavier. Got hurt in practice on Monday. He didn't play on Tuesday, uh, and he is a game-time decision tonight with a knee injury. Uh, And he has a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Scooter says hammer it. Absolutely. Uh, I think if Kobe Jones doesn't play and it stays at two-and-a-half, I agree with that. Um, I would say that since it hasn't moved, he's probably going to play. But uh, in any event, 2-0 Indiana, 3-0 Xavier. Here's who Xavier's beat. Have you looked this up? I haven't, no. Morgan State, Montana, and Fairfield. Some solid programs. Yeah. Now, Indiana hadn't beaten anybody either. No. Let's be fair. <laughs> um, and the other stat that I throw out, and, and I know I got poo-pooed in the pregame here when I was talking to Scooter about this, but Indiana hasn't won a non-conference true road game against a Power 5 opponent since 2011. And you said, well, it's only Mike Woodson's second year. That's true. All right. I know. I'm just giving you a stat. Here's the number. It's been 11 years since they won out of conference on the road, true road game, not a neutral site, true road game against a Power 5 opponent. There it is. Do with it what you will. Are Xavier's not considered, the they're well, not considered yeah, they a Power 5, Yes, are they? they are. Big East is, there are six Power 5 conferences okay. in basketball. All right. Yeah. I mean, it should be the power six, but everybody's so used, because of football, so used to calling it a power five that uh, that's what you have to deal with. Basketball is the little brother. We we know that, right? By the way, uh, unsponsored six-pack coming up in the next segment. Get your your notepad and your pencil ready because I feel it this week. (laughs) I do. That's dangerous. No, no. Two weeks ago, I went three, two, and one, I think, two weeks ago, and I, I, I didn't like them at all. Last week, I was hem-haw about him, went two and four. I feel really good this week. SEC 
centric here. Uh, Aaron Judge won the uh, some news and notes here. Aaron Judge won the American League MVP over Shohei Otani. Boy, what a good time if you're Aaron Judge to win the MVP. He's a free agent. <laughs> the number that he is going to command, and I'm not saying demand because he's not a demand kind of guy, but the bidding war that these teams are going to have for Aaron Judge is going to be glorious. The Mets are and Yankees are in trouble. The Mets might have tampered during the season. I don't know what it's all about. I don't really um, think anything will come of it. But uh, anyway, Aaron Judge MVP, well-deserved. He had 22 more home runs than the next highest American League home run hitter. He had 62. Mike Trout had 40. I, I don't care what era you're playing in, steroid era, dead ball era, era, whatever it is, you got 22 more homers than the next highest guy in your league, you're the MVP. Shohei Otani was great. He uh, He's two different players. He's a tremendous pitcher. He's a tremendous hitter. And normally he would have won MVP. It doesn't help Shohei Otani that the Angels stink. It doesn't help at all. No matter how good he is, your team is well under 500. You're not going to get nearly as many votes as Aaron Judge. Does Otani stand a chance if Judge's 62 homers wasn't the most ever hit in the American League? No. No. Because the year he had all the other numbers that he put up, RBIs, on-base percentage, uh, runs scored, was they were all top two in the league. Mm-hmm. All the numbers, OPS, anything you look at, Judge was top two in the league. And top one most of the time. By the way, Shohei Otani has called Japan because he wants to play in the World Baseball Classic coming up. I thought you were going to say the World Cup. No, no, no. But <laughs> if anybody could do it, he could probably he do could, it. He could, yeah. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt won the National League MVP. I got a great stat from my buddy Buck at the Iroquois Park. Um, Goldschmidt, 35 years old. And uh, he beat out Manny Machado, who finished second, and his teammate Nolan Arenado finished third. Goldschmidt becomes the third oldest first-time most valuable player in the National League. First-time winner, he's the third oldest in the National League The old, at 35. The oldest player in the National League to win MVP for, a, for the first time, Willie Stargell, 39, we are family, Pittsburgh Pirates in 1979, I think it was. So that's from, I, I had, there is no reason for me to give that stat out other than my buddies listening. Who's second? Uh, I didn't, didn't even care. Didn't even care. Hopefully he texts you back because I'm curious. Oh, he'll text me back. He's an idiot. <laughs> uh, NFL News, Bills, Browns, we told you yesterday, I didn't think they'd move the game because. Four feet of snow in Buffalo, that made that would make for some great football. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how many people make it out to the game. I understand season ticket holders. You're trying to make sure everybody's safe. Look, I get all that. How many people are going to go from Buffalo to Detroit now? It's not that far. How many Bills fans say, we'll go to Detroit? And how many, if I'm the Bills, I'm saying, look, it's general mission. Bring your season ticket. We're letting you in. They can't do that because they're paying a whole lot of money to Detroit. They got to recoup some of that money somehow. They're going to charge you to get in. Uh, but they have moved the game to Detroit. I think that stinks. Cleveland and Buffalo in Buffalo would have been 
great football. The over-under, by the way, Scooter, and I never look at these numbers, but the over-under was 42 when it was scheduled to be played in Buffalo because of the weather. It's now 49 and a half. That makes sense. Over-under went up a full seven and a hook. I'm surprised it wasn't more. He thought it would go up up even higher? Yeah, I mean, think about Buffalo. They put up 30-plus a game, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, but it's Cleveland and Jacoby Brissett. The Browns are three and six. They, they still, still got they got Nick Chubb. Two more weeks of Des, of non Deshaun Watson, although he has begun practicing with the team. Two more weeks without Deshaun Watson. Um, tech, my texture buddy Chase says, "When have Buffalo fans ever been safe? They jump off buses onto tables." Yeah, he's right. How many Bills fans were pumped though when this game got moved and they were like, "Oh heck yeah, we're going to Detroit!" Or yeah, we're going to Detroit, getting out away from all this snow. Gave, bet, gave them a reason to get out. They might stay because they might Detroit have no plays choice. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, at Detroit against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Buck in Iroquois Park said, it, "Talking about pop stars, brought a tear to his eye." <laughs> so that's good. I'm I'm just glad he's listening. Did you see the what the Lions sent out to the Bills? I did. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Lock, uh, lock the doors. Uh, don't important break the phone tables. numbers are at the lights. Yeah. Or, uh, important uh, numbers are by the phone. <laughs> Turn out the lights when you leave and don't break our tables. <laughs> That's great. That's classic. Good stuff. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. The uh, six-pack on the way. Get your pen and paper ready or your uh, I- iPhone note app, whatever you use to write down all these losers I give people. Get it ready. I feel good this week. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Gordon's text line is still open. 502-414-1450, if you'd like to join in on the, uh, or if you'd like to text the show. I'm not taking any more calls because uh, I'm jacked up about this uh, this unsponsored six-pack. Scooter says that's scary, and uh, my buddy Buck from Iroquois Park said that's scary and not in a good way. I can confirm he's pumped up. We got a Ric Flair woo before we came Ooh, back. I am. I am jacked up. <laughs> Texture says an IU Xavier game resulted in a rule change. Any guesses? Mm, nope. It's a good one. He already sent me the answer because I had no idea. Pete Gillen, Xavier team, was about to upset Indiana in the tournament. IU had to inbound the ball after a Xavier basket. Cut the IU lead to one with five seconds to go. Damon Bailey just stood out of bounds with the ball. Xavier, with no timeouts, could not stop the clock. And it ran out. And Indiana won by one. The uh, next year, the clock stopped mm-hmm. after a made basket in the final minute of, of all games and overtimes. Makes sense. So I use Xavier history. Indiana two-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a gift here. I'm giving you this one. This is on Scooter's advice. Take Indiana tonight. Hammer the Hoosiers. Easy. Give the two-and-a-half. If you can wow. find an alt line for six-and-a-half, wow. seven-and-a-half, take that Come too. on, man. Let's don't get greedy. Oh, I'm greedy. Don't get greedy. It's not time to it's not time to pull out the cream and crimson yet. Hoosiers by double digits. Where's me out? <laughs> I want you know one game we haven't talked about college football this weekend is UCLA and USC. Why do I love UCLA and USC? Well, cheerleaders is one part. <laughs> There's no better cheerleaders 
anywhere. By the way, SMU got killed by Tulane last night, 59-17. Tulane's 9-2. They got Cincinnati next week. That should be fun. UCLA and USC are one of the – it's one of the rare occasions where both teams wear their home uniforms. The glorious powder blue of UCLA with the gold and USC with the maroon uniforms with their gold. It's great to watch. And it's going to be – what's the over-under in that game, Scooter? Can you look that up? I can, yep. USC-UCLA over-under. It's going to be, if I had to guess, 77 and a half. That high? Yeah. There's no defenses showing up in Los Angeles. Still looking. Still efforting. I mean, I got, it takes time, John. I know. I understand that. <laughs> uh, it is. Oh, my. You're great guess. 76? Yeah. Wow. You're all over it. And here's what Big Al the Fish told me a long time ago. When you get to 70-plus, bet the over. And when you get to 45 and under, bet the under. Because Vegas can't make the over high enough. They refuse to go over a certain number, and they can't make the under low enough. I saw an Iowa game this year. was 30. Iowa-Wisconsin, I think, was 38. They can't make them low enough. They cannot make them low enough when the teams can't score and play great defense, and they can't make them high enough. Like the SMU Tulane game last night was 65. Um, it was 59-17. It was easy. So how high should it be? Uh, UCLA and USC should be 80. Okay. This is a 45-42 game. You believe in UCLA that much? I believe in, in USC's defense not being good and UCLA's defense not being good and both offenses being good. That's what I believe in. It is going to be a shootout. Now, when I show up Monday and it was 17-16, I'll apologize to all the <laughs> listeners. All right, it's time now for the, uh, if you're ready for it, unsponsored six-pack. Let's go. Not time just yet. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I give him one job a week. I, I always forget. One job a week. <laughs> and if I don't remind him, folks, this is what happened. There it is. There's the, He finally found the drum roll. Let's start. It's all SEC in the uh, in the six pack college edition. I'm taking Georgia, folks. There's no reason not to. Kentucky's going to be pumped up for this game. They're going to they're going to want to show that last week against Vanderbilt was an aberration. The offense is not that bad. We can we can play with these SEC teams. This is a team that had aspirations at the beginning of the year, winning the SEC East. Those left town with the South Carolina loss. They got worse with Tennessee. And now you're looking to hang on for a bowl game. You're, you got your six wins, but where are you going to go bowling if you lose to Georgia and Louisville? You're hanging on by a thread here. Kirby Smart is smart, no pun intended. He knows that. He's going to have his team ready when they come to Lexington. There have been a lot of times Georgia's come to Lexington and I've thought, oh, this is it. This is, this is the time. Kentucky's going to – and I've left – thinking, how did Kentucky lose that game by 50? Georgia romps this weekend. They destroy Kentucky. Kentucky might as well be getting ready for Louisville next week. I'm taking the the, uh, Bulldogs, giving the 22 and a half here. 3.30 CBS, by the way. 7 o'clock ESPN, Tennessee, and South Carolina. A lot of the smart money seems to be on the Gamecocks here. The uh, spread is now 22. Tennessee showed last week who they are. They were trying to score when they were clearly had this game in hand. They were trying at the end of the game. 
They scored a touchdown very late to put 66 up on Missouri last week. 66. They already had 59. They didn't have to have 66. They're going to try to do the same thing here. You're fifth in the college football playoff rankings. You're trying to impress the committee any way you can. What's going to impress them? Beat South Carolina by 45. 22 is not enough. Give me Tennessee. Give South Carolina the 22. And finally, the spread that I don't quite understand. UAB, the Alabama-Birmingham Blazers are 5-5 five and five on the season. They're going to Death Valley at LSU, 9 o'clock night game. The place will be rocking and rolling. LSU still has aspirations of getting into the college football playoffs. Yes, they've lost two games. Yes, unimpressive loss to Tennessee. Unimpressive loss to Florida State. But they also beat Alabama, and they're going to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. I understand LSU could be overlooking UAB. I don't think it matters when the spread is 15 and a half. I expected this spread to be 24. It's 15 and a half. Started at 14 and a half. It's going the way that I want it to go if I want to bet LSU. I'm taking LSU given the 15 and a half. So there you go. I made it as easy on myself as I could this week in the college ranks. I took Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU. Three SEC teams, three big favorites, and I think they rock and roll this weekend. Scooter, any arguments yet? No, I'm I'm all over them with you hmm. on those. Get ready to argue. Okay. Because I'm going into the NFL where taking the points has been the thing to do in the NFL this year. But I'm stubborn. I hate taking points. And I'm not going to do it again. I said this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm hanging on with the Buffalo Bills. The last two weeks, given a lot of points, they've lost both games to the New York football Jets, and I don't even remember who they lost to last week. But Josh Allen was terrible. It was Minnesota. Josh Allen's going to get it back at some point. I hope it's this week. I hope it's this week. He doesn't have to deal with four feet of snow. They're playing the Cleveland, is it the Guardians? Oh, the Browns. And Jacoby Brissett is still the Browns quarterback. Cleveland's 3-6 and six for a reason, folks, and the reason is Deshaun Watson's not playing quarterback yet. They've got enough skill players to get it done. Their defense is okay. But Buffalo's an eight-point favorite, and that spread did not change when they moved the game from Buffalo to Detroit. I think the Bills destroy Cleveland this week by two touchdowns, maybe three. Give me Buffalo minus the eight. I'm still waiting for an argument. No, I'm with you still. Oh, man. All right, maybe this will do it. Las Vegas at Denver. Denver's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're averaging about 16 points a game. They can't score. Russell Wilson can't be protected by his offensive line. The skill players have been terrible, including Jerry Judy. Denver does, however, have a terrific defense. I'm getting a little sentimental here, a little emotional. Because Derek Carr cried at the podium after the loss last week for the Raiders. He almost cried yesterday in the press conference leading up to this week's game in Denver. He was so happy that the ownership gave his head coach, Josh McDaniels, a seal of approval. He and Devontae Adams both were like, oh, this is great. This is a process. This is a plan. And we're so happy to hear the ownership come out in support of our head coach. Well, then back it up. You're 2-7. and seven. And you brought in Devontae Adams to not be 2-7. and seven. This is a playoff team from last year that added Devontae Adams, and they're terrible. 
they go to Denver and they keep it close if they don't win. Maybe an outright win for the Raiders this week. I'm taking Las Vegas plus the two and a half at Denver. Denver can't score. And if they win this game 17 to 16, guess what? I win. Finally, all right, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm likely to go the other way on that one, but the only argument I really have with that game is why the hell you're betting it. That, I, I, that's a I'm stay, telling you, that's I'm a, a stay I'm a, away I'm game. I'm a sap. Yeah. Derek Carr started crying, and I said, I, I believe it, Derek <laughs> he Carr. He won you over, huh? He won me over. <laughs> I'm okay. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh it was originally scheduled to be a Sunday night game. I know Scooter's not going to like this one. It was originally scheduled to be a Sunday night game. It got bumped in the uh, flex Sunday night broadcast rule. Kansas City and the Chargers moved to Sunday night. Bengals in Pittsburgh moved to 425 in Pittsburgh. The Steelers won the opening game of the season after a missed extra point by the Bengals, sent it to overtime. The Steelers kick a field goal, win it in overtime. It is revenge week for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, it is show me something week. The Bengals are 5-4, and four, hovering around 500 all season long. Are they the team that went to the Super Bowl last year and should be better this year with a better offensive line? Or are they still just the Bengals? I expect Joe Burrow to come out and have a great game on Sunday. I know Jamar Chase is still missing. The Steelers are a mess right now. They're just a mess. Um, I think the Bengals win this one easy. I'm giving the four points. They win this by 10, maybe 14. So there you go. Buffalo minus eight. Vegas plus two and a half. And the Bengals minus four. That's the rest of the unsponsored six-pack. Anything you want to argue about? No, I'm okay with you on the Bengals Steelers one. Ah, you're a Steelers fan. You're not supposed to be okay. No, yeah, but I mean, we Steelers got so lucky that first game. I mean, you you mentioned the missed extra point. It's luck doesn't happen that much yeah. twice in one season against the same team. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, all right, Louisville, NC State. All right, these are just hedges here. Okay, I like Louisville. Given the four and a half, it's back up to four and a half now. I noticed today, uh, so a little money coming in. Uh, on the cards here, uh, that's a 3.30 game. It's on the Regional Sports Network now, Sports South or whatever that is. So uh, originally scheduled for the ACC Network, got moved after the Virginia tragedy. Uh, Virginia Coastal Carolina game got canceled. Final home game for the cards here. Look, if they can get to seven wins, this is a terrific season for Scott Satterfield. It really is. It's a good, great, great season for the program. You're going to go to a bowl game. Regardless if you're winning or lose, you're going to go to a better bowl game if you win this game against NC State. Wolfpack's down to their third-string quarterback. I know Malik Cunningham may not play, probably shouldn't play with the shoulder injury, but Brock Doman has proven he is a capable backup, and I really like this Louisville defense against a third-string quarterback. I don't think NC State puts much on the board here, and I'm going to take the cards and give the four-and-a-half there. Indiana and Michigan State in East Lansing. I hate to take it. Take Michigan the Spartans. Here. Take the Spartans. That's down to 10. Take it. Um, Big Ten Network, noon start. Maybe uh, Michigan State sleepwalking. The problem with Sparty is, if you're a Hoosier fan, they need one more win to get bowl eligible, and this is their best chance. So I think Michigan State will come out. I, you know what? Uh, gun to my head, give me the Hoosiers and the points here. Been Ugly, nice. cold, snowy defensive game. You know, seventeen to fourteen. Been nice knowing you. Maybe I'm not. It's not part of the six pack. <laughs> 
short week next week. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. I heard it, I heard it, I heard it on the X.